Welcome to the Edge Podcast, your home for recruiting news and team analysis inside the Oregon State Beavers football, basketball, and baseball programs. BeaversEdge.com is the authority on all things Oregon State athletics. Now, here's your host, BeaversEdge.com editor, Mike Singer. What's up, Beaver Nation? Edge Podcast. This is Mike Singer joined by Brendan Slaughter coming to you. From Tuesday, November twenty seventh, Brendan, talk to me, man. How's everything going? Uh, things are going uh, pretty good, you know. Uh, just another uh, uh, beautiful uh, fall in Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, getting a little colder outside. Football season's over. Moving over to basketball, so lots of it's good to kind of have the transition. And you know, uh, I'm excited for what the next couple months are going to bring, especially here at Edge. It's exciting. Yeah, for sure. So. Let's uh let's just get the civil war out of the way. I feel like we kind of are obliged to talk about it. So Brendan, you're calling the game for KBVR with Keenan Punkocher, um, another edger here. Um, talk to me about that man. What uh you you're calling the game. You're there. You're feeling the atmosphere. You're seeing the Beavers fight hard. And uh, after a slow start, and then uh, the wheels just kind of fall off the wagon, you know, what was uh, your feeling there at the game? Well, there were just, you know, there were a lot of motions. Uh, you know, that was my uh, my last broadcast on KBVR, so that game will always, you know, be special no matter the end result. And, uh, yeah, there were just a lot of emotions that day. Uh, as for the broadcast and the game itself, uh, I, I think I um, the game was kind of maybe what I expected in a, in a in a little bit of way. I knew Oregon State, you know, kind of had their work cut out for them. Despite, you know, me picking them, I picked them. I thought they they had a chance to win this game, a solid chance. But in the back of my mind, I also knew that Oregon State's defense is, you know, poor to say the least, and um, Oregon could have ran with it, and they did. So, um, you know, and unfortunately for Oregon State fans, hats off to Oregon, their coaching staff, for knowing that the Beavers' run defense was poor and they took advantage of it. And uh, Oregon State's got a lot to work forward to to next year. They got a lot of work to do after one season. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I liked. Still a lot of at, uh, pageantry and atmosphere around the Civil War. I thought for the first half that Oregon State fans showed up great to a team that was 2-9 and nine going into that game. I was really... Uh, pleased with the crowd that came together. There was a nice energy in the stadium. And, you know, um, Oregon State fans now, they need to see the return in Jonathan Smith. You know, they they suffered through this first year, and first years were rough. But, you know, now uh, now the Beavers got a lot of work to do because they got to flip the script real quick. Let's talk about a newsworthy element. Um, Connor Blounts announcing that he's transferring from Oregon State. Um. Uh, interesting timing not not surprising timing that it's right after the season but you know he stuck out the season uh announcing he's gonna transfer um i would imagine he'll get somewhere um in january uh to enroll at school and, and take in spring practices i believe if it's an fbs school he has to set out a year fcs he can play right away so interesting to see if blount wants to go battle with somebody in fbs spot or if he wants to basically just go get himself a job at an fcs school not not uh too sure there you know we'll, we'll see what connor blount decides to do it'll he, he, no matter what it's going to be uh, what i love about oregon state fans is even when guys transfer out they love to follow them um even if it's in kind of a 
I don't know how to describe it, but when when Oregon State fans were kind of following Marcus McMarion, maybe mm-hmm. it was a, a not, not like a super positive thing because they're saying, "Wow, we should have had him." Still, uh, but anyways, um, so Connor Blount. Be- yeah, once a beaver, always a beaver. You know, there's something there's something to that. And, you know, it's almost, you know, it's it's no different than, like, I'm, I'm sure every Oregon State fan that you ask probably wishes, you know, Marcus McMurray and all the, yeah. success in the, all the success in the world. And, you know, you saw when Luke Del Rio went back to Florida early in Gary Anderson's tenure after they split off. He had some success at Florida. You certainly always hope for, you know, guys to have success. And, you know, in the case of Connor Blount, you know, it's one of those things where, um, I think he kind of like uh, Jake Ducart a little bit, kind of saw the writing on the wall with where Oregon State's quarterback position is heading. Um, I think he saw the extreme investment that the Beavers have in Tristan Jebbia uh, moving forward. And then obviously the you know um, potential six year for Jake Luton kind of muddles the situation even more. But, uh, you know, Connor Blount is, it, it, you know, he did all he could. And, and for Oregon State over his couple years, you know, uh, I thought he was always an underdog, and I liked his mentality. He was a, a treat to work with just in the media. He was always super respectful and polite and always had a smile on his face. He sometimes he was always the the latest player. He'd, he'd, he'd be the last player to leave practice most days, and he'd usually make the media wait about a half hour <laughs> after, after the other interviewees before he came, but he'd come with a big smile on his face and say, I just wanted, to, wanted you guys to wait a little longer for me. So... You know, um, really, he's just kind-hearted kid, individual, and it was great to see him start some games this year for Oregon State. And I think, um, I think he's a talented player. I don't think he is necessarily uh, a Pac-12 level starting quarterback, but uh, with Oregon State's pass protection this season, I, I don't think you ever really knew what you were getting with Connor Blount. And same with Jake Luton, because you know Connor Blount, Jake Luton, Tom Brady, Mitchell Trubisky, whoever it is. <laughs> If you don't have an offensive line to protect them, it ain't going to matter. And when you look at how many sacks Oregon State's offensive line allowed this season, it just you're like, ugh, gross. I mean, it, it, it's, it was a tough year for Oregon State. And, you know, uh, I wish all the best to Connor because I think he's a great player. Yeah, definitely. And you, you, you mentioned Marcus transferring and, and, and Connor, both such great kids, no off-the-field problems. So that makes yep. them a lot easier to root for as well. Um, just looking at Connor's tweet, um, he says, I'm announcing that I will be leaving the Oregon State football program throughout my past few years here. It has been filled with many different challenges on and off the field. I have grown so much as a person and I'm grateful for that more than anything. He continues to say this past year has been the most difficult thing I've had to go through. This decision is by no means an easy one and has been something that I've weighed uh, that has weighed heavily on my mind for a while now. After much prayer and discussion with my family, we feel that this move needs to be made for my best interest as a man and also a player. Uh, and then he continues on, um, saying he's very excited about the next chapter um, that he'll be starting at a new university. Do you 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 mentioned Ducard? I mean, do you really just feel like it was kind of a writing on the wall that you know Jebby is going to be the guy? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, given what um, Beaver's Edge premium subscribers have seen with our with our nuggets on Tristan Jebbia, and from what I've been able to hear around the program, and you know, given we already saw Jake Ducart, who, in my opinion, was um, you know, it, it was a more long term, better prospect than Connor Blount. You know, Jake Ducart was largely attributed to seeing what happened with Jebbia, in addition to wanting to take baseball on, but. 
uh, if Oregon State fans, it's 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 twofold. I look at it as okay, you know, maybe uh, we're upgrading at the position, um, but at the same token, it's like okay, if Connor Blount's leaving, Tristan Jebbia better be that good, and that gives that that gives you a little bit of excitement. So um, now, without Connor Blount, an Oregon State fan would definitely hope that Jake Luton gets that sixth season so that they have a developed backup behind him who's taken experience. I think that's going to be a really, really underrated uh, thing to watch now, knowing that after um, Tristan Jebbia, it's, you know, uh, Aiden Willard and Nick Moore. Who Aiden Willard, Don't forget about and, Jack Coletto. And Jack Coletto as well. Um, you know, it's to be determined, you know, how he's going to fit into the offense too. But uh, I like how – I like him in the system too, but I think he's more of a mobile option. So – uh, lots of lots of moving parts yeah. lots of moving parts and um connor blount it's it's off you know we heard this a lot the last couple of years he wasn't a, a jonathan smith guy coletto is um uh, you know and tristan jebbia is and you know um that's just kind of the way those things happen and connor blount was the first i don't expect it to maybe be the last guy that we hear is moving on you know that you you see that all the time with coaching transitions and I think he's the first, but I don't think he'll be the last Beaver to maybe call it quits after this season, look for a new spot. Um, sticking with the quarterback stuff, I want to talk about quarterback recruiting. So um, if you follow Beaver's Edge um, and, and basically just Oregon State Twitter, um, you probably know <coughs> um, in the spring and um, early summer, Oregon State had several targets on the board, um, quarterback targets that is. Mostly struck out with all of them, and then a few um, they had offered, uh, basically, uh, I say a few, I think just one now that I'm thinking about a harder, uh, and his name is escaping me, he visited in June, but anyways, so Oregon State struck out on some guys, and then basically ha- had some guys on the radar and, and decided we're going to s- take it slow in this in this whole quarterback thing. And then the Beavers land Tristan Jebbia and basically say, all right, we're good here at quarterback recruiting. So now when Connor Blount transfers, it begs the question, which has been posed like 15 times now on the damn board uh, on Monday night, is does Oregon State now go grab a high, another high school quarterback? Does Oregon State grab a JC quarterback? You know, what does Oregon State do? I think if Jake Luton sticks, or he's allowed to stay, I should say, yeah. you're, you're okay. Um, but if not, what do you do? Um, I would think the, or I think Oregon state should, um, grab a guy they like, if there's someone they like and they can get him, go get him. Uh, whether it's junior college or if it's high school to help build the depth and, and find a guy you like, go do that. But I think that Oregon state probably knew a while, and this is all just speculation. I think Oregon State probably knew that Con- there was a good chance Connor Blount was going to transfer, so they've known that, and they haven't gone out and go tr- try to grab another quarterback. So, my th- thought process here is that the, again, they've they've probably known that Blount's going to transfer, and they like what they have. I think that that's reasonable. I think that they. Um, Maybe they they think that they'll get that sixth year from Luton. Maybe they um, do feel like Coletto is going to be a good quarterback down the road. Um, Aiden Willard still out there um, as a scholarship quarterback for the Beavers. I don't think Nick Moore is a, a guy you'd want to rely on as a backup, but you know we'll no, see. You, yeah, you've been you'd be surprised. I, I heard some you know like I said coming into this year, you know Nick Moore and you know Tristan Jebbia were kind of those 
really was Nick Moore early, and then Tristan Jevier were kind of those two scout team quarterbacks. Um, and, and I heard some good things about Nick Moore. I, I know he's you know kind of an under the radar guy. Uh, you know, obviously the brother of a Oregon State you know great Matt Moore, and I don't think he's gonna you know knock anybody's socks off. But um, you know, in in that situation, there's some. There's some good uh, football playing quality in the blood, and you know you never know. You never know with a guy like Nick Moore. I've heard some good things about how he was playing in the off season, and uh, even you know during this season in spring. So, bit of a wild card, but you, for the most part, you're right. I mean, you know, uh, JB is probably going to be the guy, and the coaching staff would feel a heck of a lot better if they could lock on that sixth year for Jake. Yeah, I'm just not um, putting a whole lot of stock into Nick Moore as, as being a guy you'd want to rely on as the backup. You know, could be a talented guy, but you know, I, I would think he's more of a third or fourth stringer. Um, just my two cents. Um, moving along, trying to think if there's anything else we want to talk football. Hey, wh- before we kind of segue into some hoops talk, which, which we'll, we'll go through for a little bit, want to plug our... Um, our promotion right now so we have if you sign up for an annual subscription you get 99 dollar gift card to the rivals team shop which is i believe run by fanatics if you're familiar with the fanatics team stores go through it i mean uh, on the front page of beaversedge.com i have a link giving you all the information about this promotion and it has a link to the team shop some really cool beaver gear jersey shirts um, hoodies, memorabilia, just different collectibles and and accessories. So definitely some cool stuff there. Um, whether you're um, getting that gear for yourself or somebody for the holiday season, so make sure to check that out. If you have any questions, shoot me an email: beaversedge1 at gmail dot com. Okay, so let's let's chat a little women's basketball. So the Beavers are five and one this season. Coming off of a loss to Notre Dame by the score of 91-81. to 81. Uh, Notre Dame's the number one team in the country. And then the night before, Oregon State knocked off number 13, South Carolina. And the night before that, Western Kentucky, who obviously Oregon State played last year in the NCAA tournament. So in that Notre Dame game, Oregon State outscored Notre Dame 29-17 in the first quarter. So Beavers had a big lead. And then led by nine going into halftime, 50-41. to 41. Notre Dame cut things pretty close after the third quarter and then basically blew out uh, the Beavers in the fourth quarter, outscoring OSU 23-11. to 11. Still really good showing by Oregon State. Yep. Yeah, so um, looking at the box score here, Destiny Slocum, 22 points but in 24 minutes. So I was a little surprised to see... Michaela Pivik play 37 minutes and Katie McWilliams 31 minutes, but Slocum just 24 minutes. Um, but Slocum definitely made her presence felt when she was on the court, 22 points in 24 minutes. Pivik played well, 8 of 14 from the field for 17 points. She also had 8 rebounds. Pivik rebounds the ball very well um, for her size and being a shooting guard. Cat um, Tudor. Off the bench, 4 of 9 from 3-point range, 16 points. Aaliyah Goodman had 10 points off the bench. Um, Taya Corosdale only had 5. Janessa Thrope, um, I believe she's been starting this season. I'm going to look back at the, um, the South Carolina bit. game. She's, yeah, seems she like, has been a little bit, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so it seems like she, and she started against South Carolina. seems like she's uh, maybe... Switching roles there with Joanna Grimick for that uh, that center spot. Yeah, it's certainly possible. 
And I know Scott Rook really talked about just the kind of versatility that Janessa Thropay offered. He, you know, he talked about that at Media Day, and then again uh, last week, just kind of what she brings and kind of just that floor spacer and. You know, uh, from what I've been able to gather from Scott Ruick, you know, he really likes versatility across the floor, and that's why I think you see Grimmett going to the bench. I think um, right now with what the Beavers' skill set is with, you know, um, not having, you know, as of now, uh, Andrea Aquino in the fold, they kind of go with the smaller lineup, and they like to be able to shoot threes and switch and defend from five positions, and um, they can do that when they when they can put Terry Corsdale at the five or you know a multitude of different options. Patricia Morris has played a little bit there too, but in the case of the Notre Dame game itself, it's just it, it's tough. I mean, the the Notre Dame game in Vancouver was eerily reminiscent to the one last year. Yeah. You know, Notre Dame Notre Dame comes in with almost the exact same starting five from last year. You know, not only do they have Brianna Turner, Jessica Shepard, Marina Mabry, Jackie Young. Oh yeah, wait. They have Arike Ogunbowale who hit a game-winning shot to win, you know, uh, the NCAA tr- uh, tournament championship last year. Who's back for her senior season? The Beavers last year in Gill jumped out to a big lead early, couldn't hold it late. Um, I think this year's Oregon State team much better than last year. I think um, this is an Oregon State team that we saw just how good they can be. And I think if these teams were to meet up again in the postseason. It'd be one heck of a contest because Oregon State's they've they've been upended by Notre Dame. I think it's three or four times now when they've been a very good team under Scott Ruick. Haven't gotten quite over the hump yet, but uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if they meet up again because I think these are two pretty evenly matched teams. The Beavers are for real. I believe that. Yeah, and they're just gonna get better as the season goes yeah. along too. Uh, I was looking at the past few games. Uh, Grimmick has not started since the Arkansas Pine Bluff game, but uh, and Throw Pace started every game since. But it seems like um, the lineup, uh, other than that, hasn't really changed. Um, it's just a solid starting five. Uh, I think Carosdale, um, you know, she can stretch the four a little bit. Uh, she can play the four, the five. McWilliams, um, just a, a multifaceted player, can do a lot of different things. And then Slocum and Pivik just drive the offense. Um, man, against Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, the, when the Beavers won 89 to 33, Pivik had 14 rebounds. She's, I love it. I just love. Uh, how aggressively she's rebounding. So the Beavers played Notre Dame on Saturday, and they returned to the floor this Saturday against LaSalle in Corvallis on the Pac-12 Networks. That game tips off at 12 p.m. And then Oregon State's next game after that is December 9th on a Sunday. And then after that, December 14th. So some big um, gaps in games. And that December 14th game is in Hawaii. The Beavers head there to play Eastern Washington in Texas A&M on the 14th and 15th respectively let me hold you up right there mike is beaversedge.com do we get do we get coverage in that hawaii game do, do you and i get to head over to hawaii for that um i'm going brendan i couldn't send you man i'm sorry well hey i mean at least one of us has got to go one of us has got to go to i mean this team these two teams are traveling all over the place you see the men's team which we'll get to in a little bit going to st thomas for a, a tournament then you have the women's team going to hawaii it's not a bad. That's not a bad, uh, bad little road trip uh, along the way to play some hoops, wouldn't you say? That's <laughs> uh, not. Doesn't sound bad at all. Yeah. Um, let's Exciting. talk. Yeah. Let's let's talk Oregon State uh, men's basketball. Five and one now on the season with the one loss coming against Missouri. Um, 
in the, in that uh in the, was the tournament in Virgin Islands. Um, Oregon State. See, I'm I'm looking at the schedule. They beat Wyoming 83-64 and beat Long Beach State 75-72. That, that's two teams Oregon State lost to last season, and now they're beating. So I don't think this team, um, I, I don't think they're a whole lot better from last year, but now they're winning some of these games that they should have been winning last year that they were losing. Right. I think that kind of speaks to maturity. Um, cause the players are mostly the same. What, uh, who, who's in the, the, the rotation really, that wasn't a part of the team last year. Kyler Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. So Ke- Kyler Kelly is the big one. Um, um, a lot more Zach Reichel. Um, Reichel's on the team last season, but, uh, a little bit of Jordan Campbell, Warren Washington, yeah. Antoine Vernon, Jack Wilson. So, so some of the freshmen, but mainly the core is it's the same team. You got your Hollins, big G. Tinkle and the Thompson Bros. That, that so the core is mainly the same. Of course, when you, you're a year older, you're a year better. Um, but still, the core of the team is mainly the same. And I again, I think it's maturity, finding ways how to win, and uh, turnovers. This team has been plagued by turnovers, leading to buckets on the other end. So if Oregon State can just Continue to find ways to win. That's kind of a cliche, but I think it rings true here. Find ways to win, especially against a team you're supposed to beat. Who knows, man, if they can win 19 or 20 games, maybe get into the uh, NCAA tournament. I mean, you mentioned it pretty, you know, or you mentioned the NCAA tournament, and that was something that Wayne Tinkle and his staff did not shy away from coming into the um season they knew that they uh, were probably going to you know they, they they came in and said we need to be able to make the NCAA tournament this year and given what they did a couple years ago when they did break in and come in they've largely backslid you know whether it was injuries whether it was you know poor seasons inconsistency youth whatever you want to say the beavers backslid in the worst kind of way after making the tournament a couple years ago and now they position themselves decently i think through six games to be uh, an NCAA tournament team. You know, they're 5-1, and one, right? Uh, they've taken care of business where they've needed to. The loss to Missouri isn't great, but it's also to a Power 5 team, so you can live with it a little bit. Um, some games coming up, Missouri State, St. Louis, um, those are games that the Beavers have to win. St. Louis uh, is going to be tough in Missouri. Yeah, no, it will be tough. Those are games. I mean, and then you have Texas A&M at the Moda Center uh, for the Dam City Classic. That it's is going to be great. Always- that's always an exciting game and hopefully uh, i'll be up there in portland for that one so i'm excited to potential for that game um and then the pepperdine another solid program every year i think we'll learn a lot about the beavers in that game uh and then kent state which i believe lost. oregon state lost to last year on the road right they, they did yeah you right that's a game at home absolutely have to win and then central connecticut state no no brainers so i i think out of these next six games um, if the Beavers could somehow go five and one with that stretch, yeah, and and open up ten and two um, going into the Pac-12 play, uh, th- I mean, then you only need it. You know, then you got to pick up ten wins, but you got to get to that magic number twenty, so to speak, to kind of uh, be an NCAA tournament consideration. But um, Oregon State's got the talent; they got the playmakers. It's all about execution. Now we talk about it with the football team all the time, but. The men's team, they've got all the pieces. They just got to put it together. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Man, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to conference play, man. I remember one of my favorite, probably favorite sporting events 
um, since I started covering Oregon State uh, was that Civil War last year when the Beavers beat them by a double digits. That was great. Uh, yeah. it's, it can be basketball can be a lot, a lot of fun. But when the team goes like five and twenty-seven or whatever, that's not was it five no, and twenty-seven. No. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was unfortunately, Mike. You, Mike, you're just you're making all these awesome Beavers Edge subscribers. We relive all these bad times. <laughs> We're talking about a two and ten football season after a one eleven. Then you just got to bring up the five and twenty-seven, Mike. We only need good vibes at Beavers Edge right now. Only good vibes. Women's basketball team's great. Baseball, yeah. Uh, yeah. you got that. Yeah, no, got it all going. So luckily, that five and twenty-seven season long behind. But you know, you mentioned it, winning the games they didn't win a year ago. Um, so far, so good. We'll see what happens as the schedule gets a little tougher. But uh, they've done what about what I expected them to do um, through uh, these first six games, and a, a lot to like. And they played some tough teams on the road. Now they get a little home cooking. I mean, they get what uh five out of their next six at home so i mean if they uh you know be tough to with the exception of the moda center game excuse me but that's practically a home game for oregon state Uh, that'll help that'll help for sure um let's kind of wrap things up here um before uh, we talk about some content to expect this week gotta throw out one thing um OSU beef. If you are listening to this, which I'm sure you my are, guy, my guy, OSU beef. Um, I, we Brendan and I want to formally apologize to you. We know we greatly offended you. Um, we know that it's Blake Blake. <laughs> sorry, Blake Brandle. It is not Brandel. <laughs> Brendan and I have been corrected and scolded, and I looked. Because Beef went to school with this guy's dad or something. Um, I can't remember what Beef said, but to correct me, I looked up Brandel's page on the OSU official roster, and it clearly says his pronunciation is Brandel, like like spelling rhymed with candle. Yeah, so, Brandel so like Beef, candle. Got to got to apologize for you, man. Got to apologize to you. So, uh, with that <laughs> out of the way, yeah. Uh, now that well, now that we now that we've made sure Beef's beef. If beef is in a good place. <laughs> no, but no, uh, uh, Brandle like candle. See, I, it's funny because after I saw that the other day on the board, I made sure to, uh, when I called out Brandle's name in the broadcast, I reminded myself it was like candle. So there's beef making sure I had a much more accurate Oregon nice. State football broadcast. So I appreciate that beef. I think so. talk, mentioning your broadcast, I think it's my favorite thing is when, uh, we're gonna say it's losing in a game, and I'm just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on the KBVR and just see what Brendan's saying. It's that's always a hoot. Um, that's that's on the side though. Let's talk about some content to expect. So, um, well, we're, hold on, hold, hold on. Okay, okay, here we go. Hold on, I just, I just gotta hear Mike. Like when, when, when the Beavers are losing, and you're looking for some positive inspiration, am I at least able to draw you up a little bit? Like, was I able to keep you engaged this last Saturday? Um. Friday, I guess. It's more of just hearing the tone of your voice just cracks <laughs> me up. Um, that I'll just leave it at that. Uh, you, yeah, you seem a little defeated. I, I, I can tell who you're pulling for in the Civil War. Let's just say that. Would Beaver's Edge subscribers have it any other way? Uh, no, definitely yeah. not. Definitely not. For sure, but no, moving along to content, lots of good stuff coming up this week. Yeah, so we're, we're recording this uh, on Monday night. Um, so Tuesday morning, though, Brendan, you I, I, I 
gave you the story assignment. Hope you've been working on it. <laughs> um, is uh, an analysis of quarterbacks, uh, Oregon State's quarterback situation, kind of your take on the Blount situation. You've been covering the team, um, you know, for for his, his whole time there at for BeaversEdge.com. Um, let me pull up my uh, my my content plan. We'll have uh, season superlatives, yep. uh, offense and defense throughout the next week. Um, again, if you're not a subscriber, make sure to check out our our Cyber Monday deal, and that's while supplies last. So if it's Friday, if the supplies last through Friday, you can wait a little while this week. But you know. It could run out before I even post this podcast. Oh, so um, interview with Zach Larrier, a defensive back target for the Beavers. Have a story up on him. Um, moving along to the week, story on Anthony Gould on Wednesday. Um, tracking the Oregon State commits um, on Wednesday. Kind of wrapping up that feature throughout the the football season as um, – you know, the Oregon State commits are basically getting into state championship um, mode. I believe there's just a couple that are deep into the playoffs. Um, visitor list for this weekend, Oregon State's going to have some official visitors. Um, a, a big-time JC nose tackle will be in for the Beavers. Several of Oregon State's local commits like Gould and um, I believe Corey Stover, Luke Musgrave, so some local guys. Should be a, a really good weekend um, for official visitors for Oregon State. So, uh, five questions heading into the offseason. That's something I have um, for Thursday. Um, kind of what is the what, what does Oregon State need to accomplish this offseason? I will tackle that on Thursday. So, make sure to check all that out. Um, on Monday, though, we have the story up on Connor Blount's transferring. Basically, just running through that. Um, this is kind of in case you missed it content who redshirted for Oregon State under the new rule. So um, you have guys like um, David Morris um, and, and a handful of others, Josiah Irish, that played in a few games that were still allowed to redshirt. And some guys that played more than four that Oregon State shouldn't have played more than four games, like Tino Allen. He played the first five games of the season and then did not play the rest of the seven. Why not just... Why, why didn't he just play four? You know, that's kind of a head-scratcher. But maybe Oregon State had bigger plans for him, but didn't quite pan out. I don't know. Uh, so check out who redshirted for Oregon State under the new rules on the front page of beaversedge.com. Also have a scholarship distribution chart update with the 2018 seniors off, off the scholarship chart and the incoming freshmen and transfers and gray shirts listed on there. So make sure to check all that out at beaversedge.com. Thank you so much for listening. Brendan, thank you for joining me, and that'll do it for this episode of The Edge Podcast.